Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 61. We're covering the 2019 WGC Mexico Championship and the Puerto Rico Open. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good evening, Paul. Evening, Steve. How's things? Oh, we're doing all right, aren't we? We had a kind of disappointment. Well, it was a good weekend, but it was ultimately disappointing for both of us, wasn't it? But we'll go into that in a minute. Mm. Um, golfbettingsystem.co.uk Naturally, we are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Twitter handles, I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, on the Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. So here we go. We we had this one uh, from E... Oh, it's Ed Ved1325. He lives in the United States of America. He actually lives in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is just opposite Manhattan. Looks like quite a nice spot when I was looking on Google Maps. Five stars, an easy listen, great content and picks. Can't miss an episode. Hashtag three sticks. And guess what? He was right because he sent this before last week's Genesis Open. And old Chucky comes in with an each way return. Yeah, he finished sixth, didn't he? Yeah. He did, didn't he? In the chaos of uh, Sunday. So thank <laughs> you, Edved, for that. I've got an, some other feedback here. Um, welcome emails. We welcome any kind of feedback, to be honest. It can be good, bad, whatever. But uh, we had a great email last week from regular listener uh, Jason Eaton. So thank you, Jason. Much appreciated. Now, he raises some very uh, intriguing insight about using different markets over and above the standard each-way market to garner profit. So uh, it's a very good and very deep read. But uh, firstly, Jason, apologies for not getting back to you as yet. I will reply, reply later this week. Secondly, Paul, is offering both of us a trip to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Right, bad, okay. <laughs> what I'm are the conditions? Up, to be fair, with this? I'm up for I'm up for this, mate. <laughs> what what are the conditions yeah. with this? Well, there's only a single proviso, yeah. Right, okay. And that is that he wins the lottery. <laughs> so what could possibly go wrong? Oh god, keep buying those tickets, Jason. Keep buying some more on that on that basis. He did. He does <laughs> say he ever, if he ever bumps into us, he will buy us a couple of beers. So there you go. That seems wholly more more likely than uh, winning the lottery, but uh. yeah, very kind. If he's if he's hanging around North London at a certain point in time, you never know. You might bump into. Right, a little recap, I think. Now, mm. I don't. I can't recall. I mean, let's be frank here. That uh, World Super Six tournament you covered last week is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? But you've had the winner. Yep. And then this year with your twin approach strategy, both 54-hole and outright markets. Mm. You've landed a full each-way 50-to-1 place on Paul Dunn in the 54-hole market. And then you've got both him and Adrian Otegi into the semi-finals to get full each-way money. And somehow you didn't get the winner. (laughs) So I I don't know. know. Are, are Are you either pished or... You're quite happy because I mean, really, relatively, if you look at if you look at your year, your P and L, getting something like that in an event that could be a quite a, easily a straight loss, no return. That's a that's got to be a positive step. Yeah, when, when you boil it down, um, the return of the week was the equivalent of backing, say, a a twenty to one each way shot for for two points each way and him winning. So that was the equivalent return on the week there or thereabouts, something like that. Um, see, I can't be overly disappointed. And you're right. You know, Dunn got himself. Actually, to be fair, to Dunn, at one point he was he was two shots clearer the fifty four fifty four hole leader market, um, and he bogeyed uh, either his second to last or second to last or third to last hole. I forget which one it was now. Um, after having a cracking round on Saturday, and then um, got they, picked they got by picked, one. <laughs> got picked at the end, so he finished in the tie for second. Um, so yeah, that went from being um, a fifty to one winner to uh, a fifty to one place. 
And then, yeah, as you say, Dunn and Ategi. And Ategi had to come through that mass uh, playoff uh, where just one person was going to drop out uh, to get through to uh, to Sunday. And he, he made How it through that. How long did that, that take? <laughs> um, I suspect it was probably 45 minutes or so. It didn't, didn't drag on forever because only, only two of the guys made a bogey and then they played off. Um, but Ategi made birdie on his first hole. So he just sailed through, um, got through to the... Uh, Got through to the final day, and um, he looked like the winner to me. You know, from what I saw, you know, early morning start on Sunday, um, I think he was nine under through the twenty-one holes that he played up to the up to the final, and then it just stalled at the final. Um, nothing happened. You know, Ryan Fox, who could easily have gone out um, to to Jazz uh, a couple of rounds earlier. I mean, Jazz had kicked himself for not uh, for not knocking him out at that stage because he missed. How close was he to being eliminated? Oh, a two and a half, three footer. Um, that was it. Really? Um, to oh to, to win and uh, yeah, he, oh he, he only just hit the hole, Jazz, and, um, and and then Fox went. You know, obviously won it from that point. And um, that's 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 how tight this is. You know, it, it, I remember um, the year before. Afi Barnrat, he could have gone out three or four times and kind of rode his luck to get through all the way to, to the final and uh, and then gets over the line. But yeah, I, I must say, um, at that point, with Dunn and Ategi through to the semis, of course, you you know, you're guaranteed each way money at that point. And with, with Boyles, who I backed him with last week, they were paying a third of the odds. So, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was a decent return anyway. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd kind of hope that one of the two would actually get over the line. But... Um, didn't happen, unfortunately. I had a little silver lining as I backed um, Dunn with uh, with Rory McIlroy each way as an as an each way double. Um, so that actually for me returned more than my each way money on uh, on Dunn and Ategi um, added together. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice little bonus. I've, I've seen a few listeners and uh, readers of our previews of sent in some screenshots on Twitter and Facebook of some each-way doubles they've done with um, with Adam, Adam Scott as well, who, who grabbed a bit of the each-way for you yesterday. Um, we, yeah, we, I'll let you talk about him in a second. Um, and, uh, of course, Rory, who got a full each-way place as well, um, doubled with Ategi and, uh, and Paul Dunn. So uh, well done to any of you guys who did that and uh, picked up some nice each-way double returns for your money last week. Yeah, the, uh, I guess the over, overriding feeling was a bit of disappointment, but as you said, it you know ultimately it was a decent profit on the week. So yeah, take it. I guess I had, move, I had, uh, I had three next. in the three in the top nine, which isn't bad going really. No, no, no. And squeaked a little bit of profit because Adam decided to start going driving it wildly like he does and missing four it's, footers yeah, like he does. It was surprising, wasn't it? Because up until that point, he. It, again, he'd played really, really well. But, you know, shades of a taggy, really, in that he played so well up until that point. And then um, it, it kind of the wheels just fall off, don't they? You know, we've seen it all before. You, you and I are hardened golf punters who've been doing this game for far too long. And yeah, yeah. You kind of, in the end, you kind of shrug it off and move on to the next one. But um, it is, yeah, it's a challenge when it happens to you uh, again at and again. 30, at 36 holes, I thought I had a very good chance of actually landing the winner, you know, mm. because um, as we discussed, looking at the past three winners there, it was all about total strokes going tee to green. Yeah. And when you looked at it after, like, I think, you know, it was like overnight Saturday, they played two or three holes, hadn't they, of the third round? Mm-hmm. Um, when you looked at it, McElroy, I think, was one, or Scott was one, and McElroy was third. Justin Thomas was fairly low down. It, it was all putting with Thomas. Yeah. And you think, you say, well, that, up until this point, that hasn't been the model for success here? No, no, no. Um, and it just all went a bit crazy, didn't it? I mean, in the end, J.B. Holmes, I'm just looking at the details here, four, five, six, seven. He came tenth strokes going tee to green, but he was absolutely lights out with a putting. Yeah, yeah. He topped putting strokes going putting, topped it with Jonas Blixt and Scott Langley second and third. So yeah, he, he putted his way to victory in the end. Put- he did. Was quite impressive, I thought. Um, Very slow. Yeah, the one that surprised me more than Scott, because you know Scott has got a habit of. 
I think he's work in progress, Scott. I think he's he's going the right way. It's President's Cup year again, and of course, Siwoo Kim popped up, Leishman popped up. All mm. these internationals keep popping up. Uh, I think Scott's in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's it's just funny, isn't it? You know, Torrey Pines. I suppose the difference potentially at Torrey Pines was because Rose was playing so well, Scott knew that he wasn't going to get close enough to actually fight for no, the victory. No, no, no. But he was actually, with a shout, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. Had a this, real this, chance. This time, he, any one of that in that back three group had a real chance of winning it, especially when Thomas started making mistakes. Yeah. And then clearly, when the the real heat came on, and he's realised, oh, I could actually win this, it all fell apart. So fair play to JB. He actually pulled it. I think he he played well, played strongly. I'm not overly fussed if he plays slowly. That's just the way it is in the in golf these days. If if they're not going to actually um, pull players up on the rules, well, just play to your advantage, don't you? So all this yeah. outrage yeah. on Twitter, I've got no interest in it. It's just the way it is. And it was blowing 25 miles an hour and he's playing for a very, very big prize. So take your time, JB. He's never going to speed up proactively unless someone unless, actively yeah. tells him to, to get a move on. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen, took his time. does it? He took his time. They, they picked they pick their victims, don't they? Normally, you know... Rookies or youngsters or whatever they don't they don't ever go to the final group and start oh you've got to do it, it just doesn't happen so no, no and you rule. can imagine you know with the final group and as you say in those conditions it's it's a tough ask isn't it but uh, you know the flip side is the you know the rules are the rules and um, I guess it just needs to be consistent doesn't it it's a proper proper uh, major championship venue Riviera isn't it mm. I'd love to see a, a good major around. Yeah, it's I'm got that kind of I'm trying of setup, to scan the back of my mind as to whether it's actually in the programme for anything, but it's a cracking, cracking venue, I think. Mm. And we did say, I mean, statistically, it's a nightmare there for short putts. Yeah. And sure enough, when that wind was, it was howling, wasn't it? I was, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I was fairly impressed with. I was actually fairly impressed with Rory, because it would have been interesting. I don't think they'd have caught Thomas if it had safe. If it had stayed soft and tranquil, I think he'd have won it. But when that started getting leery and it started speeding up that course, all of a sudden mistakes start creeping in, don't they? And I yeah. thought Rory actually played right in the final round. He didn't didn't capitulate. He's playing some great stuff, McElroy. Um, it's just whether. When it comes to something like, I mean, he was third. He was third again in strokes gained tee to green. It's just whether, when it comes to the Masters, and it's not always best to chase the short prices. Uh, it's whether he, 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 you know, you're going to put Rory up there in terms of your tips. I don't know. He's Matt not Suarma far away. Plays is well it? again. He's not far away. Matsuama's another one not far away. Mm. Uh, the trouble with Matsuama is, and a lot of these players. While they're getting up to speed um, and playing quite nicely and not making the each-way places, clearly they're getting cut every week. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, the, the value there's no value there, is there? Uh, now, I yeah. know... Let, let's jump into the WGC Mexico Championship. I know that you've got a player that you've put as your headline tip that, again, played very, very nicely towards the uh, latter end of the tournament last week, and his mm. price hasn't been slashed. So, um, without further ado, do let's let's talk the uh, WGC Mexico Championship, shall we? Yeah, uh, let's uh, just before you, we go on. Um, Riviera is scheduled to host the Olympics in twenty twenty eight. Apparently. Oh, okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so quite a quite a long way off, of course, but um, hmm. but yeah. Thanks for looking uh, that up. Yeah, that'd be an interesting. As you say, it's not a major, but um, I guess it's you know. In terms of the interest around that tournament, there'll be, uh, there'll be what, plenty of interest. Though. While you're at it, can you can you send out some emails to some bookmakers to get some prices for Puerto Rico, please? <laughs> Just, while, while, while you're talking, use your other hand to do that for me. It doesn't. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, it, mate. It doesn't We're recording this, folks, else. at five past six UK time, and there it's only one, uh, two firms and, you know, that have actually got price up for the Puerto Rico Open. There you go. Right, okay. Let's talk WGC Mexico Championship. It's uh, the third time they've played this now over in Mexico, isn't it? At, yeah. at altitude, high altitude as well. 
Yeah, it is. So first WGC of the season quickly comes around, doesn't it? Um, it's the third, as you say. They've, they've actually scheduled to play this track seven times over over the seven years. So this is the third of seven um, at Chapultepec, which is just outside Mexico City. Um, an elite field, 72 players, no cuts. So they'll all play four rounds. And you've got the top players in the world here, the top 50 automatically get an invite, and there's a, there's a few extras to make up the 72. Of those top 50, we've got all of them apart from Justin Rose, Jason Day, and Adam Scott. All three of those guys have given it a miss. But other than that, we've got uh, 47 of the top 50 here. So it promises to be a pretty strong, well, very strong event mm. uh, to kick off the season. And we've seen some decent fields so far this year already, but clearly this is the strongest of the lot. But, uh, but yes, it should be a good one. Um, Chapultepec is a classic tree-lined affair. You said it's at altitude. So... Yeah. The card reads 7,330 yards, which so it's past 71. But you're talking about 7,000 feet of elevation here, so it really is at altitude. Mm. And depending which club you're using, depending the heat of the day, um, you tell, you're talking anything from 10 to up to 20% some of the some of the players are quoted as they've been here, that they're allowing for as a difference in terms of how much further the ball flies. Mm -hmm. So if you're kind of chopping down a 7,330-yard um, course by 10 20%, you're talking mid-6,500s, which for a professional um, PGA Tour or even European Tour event, that's tiny. It's extremely short. So that does tell you something about the, the way the players are going to get around this course. It's, it's certainly not a, a bomber's course. It's certainly not a course where you need to take a driver to... Uh, to a number of the holes and um, right. I mean, my overriding memory from watching this over the last couple of years is that you've got these shortish um, par fours which yeah, yeah, yeah. for the brave um, you know or foolish potentially um, you know they're more than drivable um, mm. I, who is it is it DJ I think on the first day of the first event two years ago um, on the first hole which is one of these short drivable par fours I think he yep. took a three wood and banged it straight through the green, um, made double. Um, he went on to win the event, of course, but um, you know, it, I think that kind of sets you up to to see to see what kind of strategies that could be employed here. Um, it's um, it's very varied, but yeah, so it's so, a bit so, of a wedge fest, you reckon? Yeah, I think you know it's tight, it's tree lined. I think if you can find some fairways, then you are going to be going in with such short clubs. But there's ways and means of, you know, you can recut it. A, a particularly aggressive player could take driver and, and or, you know, one of the woods and really have a go at some of these short holes. You're talking the memories here. Do you remember JT in the final round last year when mm. 18, approach, short wedge, straight in, yep. forced the playoff yeah, with yeah. Phil. So, yeah. yeah. Lots of excitement. It is a, it is a very much a good, risk It's a good reward. venue. Yeah, I, I do like it as a track. Um just some details on the course then it's um kikuya rough um kikuya fairways so the likes of which we've seen at um torrey pines and riviera last week mm -hmm. um other than that it's generally out in south africa and uh, australia isn't it generally they use kikuya um but um, but clearly at those two venues that we've seen recently um they've used similar um, similar uh, rough as well so if you're looking for players you can play well out of the rough and we'll, we'll go into that in a second because it is quite important here um, the greens are described as poana and they go they, they, they rate about 12 to 13 on the stimps so they're quite quick they've got a little bit of bent grass in them um, but um, I, they're so high in terms of the proportion of poana that they're classed as poana um, okay. a lot of the players have um, described it as feeling a bit like a Spanish or an Italian style track that kind of scorable yet tight and tree-lined classical kind of feel to yeah. it so um it's no surprise really i think when you look at the different aspects of this so you're talking a bit of altitude power and greens tree line classical that um we've seen a few at the european 
players who've come across do well in this. So Fleetwood's done well, finished second to, to uh, DJ in the first first year. Thomas Peters has done well. Um, Ross Fish has done well. Mm. Um, there's, there's three or four players that um, have featured in the each way places over the first two years that uh, were decent prices. That uh, Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell Hatton, yeah, is another one. Rafa. So, um, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of European tour links here, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, again, you look at the style of the track and you can see see why that you know it makes a bit of sense really and um, the course itself um we've talked about the first drivable par four the second's another easy it's not quite drivable but it's another short par four so that's just a, a quick that's just a, a shot either an iron or a wood of some description and just a flick into the green um and other than the par fives the first and the second have played the easiest holes on the course both years so you can get off to a, a very quick start with this. You can easily be two under, maybe three under through two if you, you manage to hit the green on the first. Yeah. Um, the par threes, though, tend to be where it gets tougher. So they all played over par both years. Um, so what you make up on the par fives and these these short par fours, and there's a couple of, couple of more um, short par fours during the course of the, uh, the actual track, Um if you can hang on to your score around these tough par threes, then, then you're doing well. The greens are small and undulating, and um, I guess you know you add it all together, it's going to going to suggest that it appeals to a certain type of player. But when you look at the players who've contended, this is a right old mix. Um, so the players, the two players that won here, Lefty uh, won last year at twenty five to one. As you say, um, that was after Justin Thomas um, made his way into that playoff with the uh, with a slam dunk on the. Uh, on the, on the final hole DJ won at 7-1 to one, um, in uh, 2017 the first time that it was played here after it had moved on from Doral so mm. um, I guess if you're looking at uh, history with this and I've only listed on the on the, on the the site itself um, history from the last two years because prior to that we were talking about the uh, the Cadillac Championship the WGC which was played at Doral and to be honest I, you know you, you could class it as the same event but uh, could you reasonably draw any conclusions between Doral and this track in Mexico I don't don't think so whatsoever they're so wildly different um, just a point on WGC winners that I made in the preview uh, the preview came out about an hour or so ago on Monday evening um, if you go back to 2016 and the uh, WGC, WGC champions when sorry 2015 WGC champions when uh, Russell Knox won 150 to 1 since that point in time the biggest priced winner so we've had 12 WGC since that point uh, was Xander Schofley at uh, 66 to 1 uh, last year at the, again at the WGC Bubba was 50 to 1 at the match play uh, last year and then every other winner so those 10 other winners of WGCs have all been in the kind of 8 to 1 to 25 to 1 bracket every single one of them so the cream certainly tends to rise to the top as you'd expect I guess with um, with an event with such a high uh, quality of attendance as we expected last week and a 150 to one shot one <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you can see that you can see the cream's going to rise yeah you'd have thought so the other thing um, I just just chirping in Mm. You know, you got you got Dirk Johnson and Phil Mickelson. Who we, I mean, we discussed this last week. Two of probably the best four or five Poana putters in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Both won here. Yep. So, so I'm interested to see your second selection here. Who I, who I again think I wouldn't say quite top five, but look at his record on Poana across yep. Torrey Pines. He's a very very proficient Poana putter. Yeah, exactly. And, and he and he popped into the result again last week quietly. Mm. So yeah, I, I can see where you're heading with both of your top two um, top two yeah. selections this I, week. I've got, I've got to say, I did lean quite heavily on um, not just Poana but Bent Poana um, yeah, yeah. mixed greens as well to uh, to mm. whittle it down. Um, yeah. Just a quick note on the weather. It's going to be set. It's very very similar to last year actually. It's going to be set fair mid seventies throughout the four days. Um, it does tend to get a little breezier in the afternoons, maybe 10, 12 miles an hour. But other than that, it's going to be pretty placid. So you'd expect it to be pretty scorable. Last year, they got to 16 under in very similar conditions. It was marginally tougher 
in 2017 and DJ won at 14 under, but I'd expect it to be in that kind of bracket again, 16 under maybe, maybe a short to either side of that, but not a massive amount of variation. And just looking at the players who have done well here, if you pick out the, the top four finishes from last year and the year before, um, each one of them typically got somewhere in the region of 70% greens in regulation. So they were missing 30% of greens. They are quite small greens here, um, which put a lot of emphasis on the short game and putting. Um, and whilst any type of player from off the tee, you know, aggressive players or... Um, players who play a far more uh, conservative tee to green game, they, they can all get to that point. I, it, for me, what's really determined the winners here on both occasions is players who've been performing very well on and around the greens. And as you said, that puts an emphasis you know, further still on being able to and being comfortable on Poana greens or those with the high Poana um, uh, composition. Mm. Um, the other point with these, if you go again, if you pick out the top four from both years, um, each one of them had either won or had a top two finish in their previous twelve starts. So there was some good recent forms, and both um, DJ and Lefty both came with um, two consecutive top six finishes um, on their form line as well prior to winning here. So you know you can pick out Mickelson came with three, fifth, second, yeah, yeah, and sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He was in, he was in and great, he was still twenty five to one. Yeah, yeah. You know, clearly there's some players that are being um, priced differently. You know, on the on the back of whatever, yeah. whatever criteria. I, but. I think twelve months ago, people were still of the ilk that Phil was a bit of a laughing stock. He's never going to win, and then he did actually just pop in with a WGC. So he actually yeah. shut a few uh, a few commentators up with that, didn't he? That was but, his first uh, win since the Open, wasn't it? Twenty thirteen so, Open, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a long, you know, a long time between drinks for but Phil. But at that point, just with his results and his Poana putting, I mean, fifth, second, sixth, it was like a brick in the forehead, really missing mm. out on that one, wasn't it? But yeah. DJ as well, like you said, finished third. I think it was third at Pebble Beach, and then he won at Riviera, didn't he? I was yeah. on him in that week, and then he came here and won again. Yeah, yeah, he's in uh, right so at the top yeah. of his game, wasn't he? So clearly, you want people that are, have, have shown something on Poana, right? up until the you know just the week before a couple of weeks mm. before I suppose the other thing with Justin Thomas to bear in mind from last year was he came here off a win as well didn't he because he did, back yeah. last year they were playing the Honda Classic so it yep. went uh, Genesis Open Honda Classic then this so he arrived here straight off a win so um, it's a shame JB Holmes isn't playing really isn't it but yeah. not that he would but no I'm, I'm joking <laughs> there I'm, I'm being highly cynical but as you're saying, it seems to me that you're you're looking for players that have got pretty much, you know, cast iron form arriving here in Mexico. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That that Honda point. I mean, the Honda's a tough old event, isn't it? You know, yeah, a lot talk, of very good scrambling are needed there. Yeah. Isn't it? high wind. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's almost major like in that respect. Um, yeah. So you know, players who've had a tough week at the Honda could you know almost have been excused for 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 struggling a little bit here. Um, but yeah, as you say, JT didn't he? He, he, he was very close, wasn't he? Uh, again, if you look at last week, Riviera, you know the players who played um, a lot of golf over Saturday and Sunday um, because of the way that the, uh, the the event panned out with the weather. You know, some of those guys might be feeling a little bit fatigued um, to come straight over to Mexico and, and get cracking straight again. So, uh, you know, if, I guess it's, it's difficult to try and whittle a player out or to ignore him on the basis that he. Was you know played virtually thirty six holes on Sunday, but you know perhaps it should be a factor. Difficult one. Um, yeah, looking through the market, I mean, let's just run through the market quickly. Um, Justin Thomas ten to one favourite. I think JT's deserved to be the favourite. To be honest, you know, he's, um, he's he, up until um, yesterday when he was uh, in that final round where he just couldn't hit a fairway, could he for love nor money really. Um, up to that, he played some fantastic golf. Um, and he's had two very live chances to win this over the two years that it's been held here in Mexico. So 10 to 1, yeah, I can see why the bookers have gone down that route. Dustin, 11s, Rory, 12s. So there's not much variance there. Then you're into the likes of John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, it's uh, 16 and 18 to 1. Ricky Fowler, 20s in places. And Tiger is being backed in um, quite heavily today. 22 to 1 is the best price you'll get on Tiger at the moment. 
Mm. And again, if he's if he's putting improved, Tiger, and which we know it can do, then he's going to be a pretty big feature this season, I think. Um, he's playing some lovely golf. His his stats yeah. aren't actually being listed so far because he hasn't done the minimum amount of tournaments. But oh, okay, I know that yeah. he ra- he ranks something like sixth so far this season. Strokes mm. going tee to green from two apps. Yeah. When I when I just took a glimpse of it, the first player I looked at was was Woods, and I just thought Poana. Um, I I just think twenty two's got a little bit of juice in it. Mm. So of the, of the top guys, that's the one that I would potentially take. Yeah, well, I, I can, I I can take, see actually, why. It's, while it's yeah, there. yeah. I, I can see why he's uh, see why he's popular. I can see why he's being backed in, and um, I guess if you want to take a chance that his putting will improve sufficiently to beat a world class field, then um, mm. you know it's very difficult to put anyone off of him, and he's, he's going to be a popular bet this week. That's that's yeah. without a doubt. Um, I've started slightly further down the list. I've gone for Xander Schauffele as my um, headline this week at 28 to 1 with seven places each way. Just on each way places, Betfair, Paddy, Coral and Boyle Sports, all four of those bookies are paying seven places at a fifth of the odds this week, which in a field of 72 is cracking value, I think. Yeah, good, good generosity. Absolutely. Um, so Xander, twenty-eight to one, is the seventh in the world. So he's, you know, in in this field, he's something like the sixth, um, sixth highest ranked player. But um, at twenty-eight, or twenty-eight to one, rather, he's he's kind of down in the twelfth, thirteenth position in terms of the bookies. So there's a bit of disparity there. And um, for me, there shouldn't be. You know, he's got an awful lot going for him. You know, we've seen from him over the last. Two years or so, not even two years, is it since he won the Greenbrier, which uh, incidentally, old white TPC was um, one of these classical tracks um, at altitude as well. So he's got yeah. the altitude form. Um, but we've seen him win the Tour Championship in decent company. We saw him win the WGC HSBC Champions at the back end of last year, um, which, as you pointed out before we came on air, um, Phil Mickelson's won, Dustin Johnson's won, Xander won that uh, in yeah. November. Um Tournament of Champions he won at the start of this year, again in a decent field. You know, this is a player who we've seen really pick up his game in decent uh, decent company. Three of his four PGA Tour victories have all been on short fields, haven't they? No mm. cut events. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. S- uh, Century, HSBC and the Tour Championship. Yep. yep. What is there not to like? Yeah, I, for me, he just... And he, he finished he, like a train last week. Yeah, you're right. So he started off in the 74 last week, didn't he? And um, and then he came back with three rounds in the 60s to finish um, in the tie four, was it 15th in the end, I think he finished. So, so yeah, decent enough efforts. Um, we're talking about Kikuya. So he finished 25th at the Farmers uh, a few weeks back, was third for scrambling that week um, at Torrey Pines. Tenth uh, in Phoenix, he, he topped the scrambling stats that week. So if you're looking for a player with decent short game form right now he's bang in there as well and I think he can be a little bit um, wide off the tee at times um, but you know on a track like this where it is less than dry but you can be a little bit more tactical about how you play from off the tee um, that should help him and and realistically a lot of the players were getting very similar accuracy and very similar greens and regulation stats it was just how you performed on and around the greens and uh, We've seen he's decent on Ben and Ben on Ben Power and Parana Greens in the past, um, and again going back to events where he's played in top class companies, second at the Players last year, second at the Open. He's got a couple of top six finishes in the, at the U.S. Open over the time. Um, I, I couldn't find anything not to like really. Um, he's played this once, sixty five, sixty eight. He started last year, so he was second place going into the weekend. Um, shot seventy seventy four over the second two days, but. He's a better player now, you know. He's he's improving all the time for me, um, and uh, I think if he gets himself into that kind of position again this year, then I don't. There's no reason to suggest he's going to fade away like he did last year. So yeah, I, I like Xander a lot this week. I must say. I hope he doesn't win because he's going to destroy his master's price. <laughs> Dive in. But over. yes, yeah. But take that with a pinch of salt. I think I think Xander's got a great chance this week, mm. and the, the what how he played. Um, how he played both at Phoenix and also last week at Riviera was, to me reminded me very much of when he won the WGC in November. Yep. Because the two events out in uh, Malaysia, the CIMB, and also the CJ Cup that he played, 
he'd started badly at both and then finished like a train at both. Yep. Um, and that's exactly what he's done the last two events. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Xander, he makes a lot of sense. Lot Just of warming sense. himself up for another mm. another big scalp this week. Oh yeah, big field. big big tournament. This is what he peaks for. Yeah, I'm with mm. you. Um, second pick is uh, Mark Leishman, who I got at thirty to one earlier um, with Paddy Power, which is again seven places each way. And there's very few players who are in better form than Leishman at the moment. You know, since since October, he won the CIMB, and his first putt in fifth for scrambling that week. He was second in the Aussie PGA, second for greens and regulations, second for putting, uh, fourth at the century, so fourth for total driving, fourth for ball strike. You notice they're not all the same stat. He's clearly mixing it around in terms of his skill stats. Third at the Sony, where he was ninth for scrambling, fourth last week, where he was fourth for greens and regulation. Um, he was also fourth for strokes gained approach and eighth for strokes gained tee to green last week. Um, Leishman, again, you know, every aspect of his game seems to be right, um, right at the top at the moment. Fantastic around Torrey Pines, couple of runners mm. up spots there. So he, lo- that's just what I said to you. It, you know, he's a good Poana performer. He is, yeah. Again, if you dig into those Torrey Pines um, performances, he's actually led the field for scrambling on one of those occasions that he's been that he's, he's done well at, at the Torrey. And on three separate occasions, he's been top 10 for scrambling. So clearly he gets on well. As you'd expect, you know, he's an Australian, he's, he'll be far more used to the uh, to the Kikuya than, than a lot of the other players. So it all kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, if you're talking about a player who can mix it at the top level, um, second at the Open in 2015 when he lost that playoff with, uh, with Zach Johnson, uh, fourth at the Masters in 2013, fifth at the 2014 Open Championship, Third at a WGC um, at the Bridgestone at Aquan in 2014. So some decent, decent field, um, you know, top top class field and um, form over the years as well. Yeah. And if you're looking here, he was 11th going into Sunday last year, 69, 68, 69. But you know, gave himself an outside chance with a flying final round, and did the absolute opposite, shot 77. But um, he's in much, much, much better nick this year. Right now, he's one of the serious form players out there in world golf yeah it'd be the biggest win of his career and that's got to be mm. something that actually spurs him on for this where a few of them are probably like uh, you know it's, it's you know it's another event in the build-up for leishman you know he's playing in terms of form he's got to be one of the best in the field and this course is going to suit him down to the ground yeah i think so yeah you and i have always talked about him as being an outsider for an open championship or a, you know another major chap major, major yeah. potentially at and a big price yeah, absolutely, and clearly he's playing so well now that his price isn't going to be sufficiently long to, to class him as an outsider. But um, you know, I still maintain that he's got a chance of a major. I think he's got that yeah. kind of um, mentality and ability to do that. Agreed. So, but but yeah, perhaps the first step is to get a WGC under his belt. So so yeah, I've given him a given him a chance this week. Uh, so with two players um, thirty to one or shorter, I've backed a couple of longer players and. Going back to this kind of European link and um, the European tour event that resonates most with me with this would be the one held at Grand Sorcier at the uh, in the Swiss Alps, which is again at altitude. It's a short uh, classical style track, bent power greens. There's lots of correlation there. And if you think about Tommy Fleetwood, who finished second here in 2017, Tommy's done well around there in the past. So, um there's, there's correlation there, I think. So I've gone for a couple of players who are previous um, winners at Krantz. Uh Firstly, Matt Fitzpatrick, who's um, he's won there twice, actually. He's also got a win at Woburn, which um, you and I saw a few years ago, which, again, is another tree-lined classical-style track. Mm. Um, seventh at the Masters in 2016, so you can mix it in decent company as well. Also won the DP World Tour Championship um, when he beat Tyrrell Hatton in 2016, which, um, again, the link then to Hatton, who played well and finished a tie for third here last year. A um, couple of top tens at Shoshan over the years. And um, I think if there's one of the WGCs or two of the WGCs that he's going to do better on, it will be these ones that are far more kind of European in style. Um, so this and the, and the one held in China, of course. Um, in terms of recent form, second at the Hong Kong Open, where he's fourth in scrambling, eighth for putting, fourth in Singapore, again, his long game looked good, second for scrambling, 
Um, I backed him in Dubai, which put a, put a stop straight on his, uh, his progressive form at that point. Mr. Uh, Mr. Pebble, but um, he clearly wants to be playing. He he tried to get into the field for the Genesis uh, through the back door. Clearly, wasn't entered in any shape or form. So he went through the Monday qualifying and only just missed out um, on a spot by a single shot. So clearly, he wants to be playing. What rank you know, is he in the world? He's inside the top fifty. So he couldn't get in. No, I I, I don't know what the um, the actual criteria was. Oh, he must have missed a deadline. Clearly. Which, yeah, it would make more sense that he's done that rather rather than yeah. uh, rather than anything else. Because, mm. yeah, as a top fifty player, you'd imagine that he's uh, he'd yeah, have yeah. to pick up events as long as, as long as he builds them into his schedule, of course. Mm. Um, so that's uh, Fitzpatrick. My final selection is Danny Willett, who I took at one hundred and fifty to one with seven each way. You can get him slightly longer if you're willing to take six or five each way and uh, and, and different each way terms, but. I've taken seven. At the end of the day, you've got a lot of top quality players in this field who are likely, a number of them are likely to contend and to fill some of those each way spots. So for me, it felt more sensible to take more each way places um, than the headline prizes, but uh, each for their own. Um, another Crans winner, Danny Willett. Um, and, you know, to be fair to him, it's taken him a long time, hasn't it, to shake off that, uh, the rust and shake off that hangover from his Masters win in 2016. But um, he seems to be getting there now. Um, some decent form in the middle of last year, finished um, sixth at the uh, Irish Open, eighth in Italy. And I remember some of the features they did on him at the Open Championship where they were talking about his coaching and talking about his um, game and the tweaks that he'd made to his game. And he was... Uh, you know, he looked far more confident, talked far more confidently about his game as well at that point. And um, he he obliged at the back end of the year with that. He, he won the DP World Tour Championship um, at the Earth Course again. So, uh, you know, again, linking it to Hatton, linking it to Fitzpatrick, who I put up a second ago. Um, that's a huge win for him to get back, uh, you know, get back on the saddle effectively after a tough old spell. He went down to 462nd, I think it was, in the world at one point, mm. having won the May, uh, having won the Masters a couple of years before. That's, yeah, that's, that's a big fall from grace there. Um, but again, there's lots to like. As I say, he won at Crans. He won uh, the Ned Bank in 2014, which is another one played at altitude out in South Africa. Um, Finished 25th recently at the Farmers, um, where he was 11th for scrambling on the Kikuya. He finished 33rd last week at the Genesis um, at Riviera, where he was 9th for scrambling again on the Kikuya. So that's all looking pretty good. He was 4th for putting at the back end of last year at the Ned Bank. He was 1st for putting at the Earth Course. So I like the fact that he's got some decent recent um, putting and scrambling stats to his name. And for me... 150 to 1 for a player who I can see placing in this field um, felt like a bit of a steal I must say with seven places each way so so those are my four that I've taken for this week he's one I've got my eye on for the um, Honda Classic next week yeah. when, when you're talking grinds and yeah, it was noticeable with uh, Danny he actually finished quite nicely uh, yesterday when the conditions were at their worst mm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the kind of player I often think he is to a certain extent. I mean, the year he won the actual ma- Masters, it was a five-under win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a birdie fest by any stretch, was it? I think he shot 70 yesterday, didn't he? Which was kind of top 15 for the day. Mm-hmm. But yes, you could see him in a windswept kind of PGA National playing some reasonable golf. Yeah, uh, I think he's playing. That's if he's entered. I mean, I'm only, this is all presupposing, but we know for a fact he's taking the PJ Tour seriously this year. Mm. It's it's pure focus for him. But uh, yeah, he's an interesting name, Willie. He's going to pop up somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think he's got that. As he's refound that um, confidence and desire to uh, to progress his career. He's he's still a young man. He's still got plenty of time left to uh, to move on from where he is. And you know some of these players, they win a major, and um, you know that's it. That's the pinnacle. That's the it's, you know they've reached what they set out to achieve. But uh, I think a couple of years down the line, Danny's reassessed, and he can move move things forward. We shall see. He's certainly he, a high quality hundred and fifty to one shot, isn't he? Mm, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know it's, it's it's a decent field, and you know players are that kind of 
price for a reason generally, but that did stick out to me as one one worth taking on. Okay. Anything else that you fancied uh, while we're looking at it? Well, I've been trying to get some um, some some prices out of uh, some bookmakers for the Puerto Rico Open that I've been <laughs> stitched up with this week, but um, it, I think I think where you're at is kind of where the way I would play it. One name that kind of does jump out potentially, if we're talking about players that come here fresh off a win and then go on to contend again, DJ mm. being one, of course, uh, another one being Justin Thomas last year who missed out in the playoff, would be would be our friend Ricky Fowler. Yeah. But I'm not certain that Ricky Fowler and Poana are a, ma- are a match made in heaven. Mm. I mean, you look at his record at... Uh, Torrey Pines I know that he has sponsorship um, work that he has to do there it isn't great uh, he never plays Pebble Beach and it's just it's kind of people's schedules that tend to give away what they think about actually playing those kind of greens those courses yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I, I'm not 100% certain about Fowler and, and uh, uh, clearly at those prices um, he is particularly short. The one that just did jump out at me straight away when we were looking and the way that he's playing and the way that he's warming and, and we just know with Tiger it's happening. It yeah. happens all the time. He's building up to speed. It was just that 22 to 1 on Tiger. I thought there's there's some juice in that. Yeah. Uh, tw- yeah. 20, to, 20 to 1 if you want the seven places available. You know, if yeah, you just wanted an each way value punt out there where you think, you know, a decent interest in the week I think Tiger Woods isn't going to be too far away but yes I'm I'm with you on both Schofield and Leishman I think Leishman is the kind that would win this and again you'd just be slapping your forehead going why the hell didn't I pick him mm. because at that price in this field yeah and the know, there's a couple it. of players above him that in on current form you just can't see winning it yeah um you know I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Brooks Kepka's a bad player because he isn't, but you know he's at 18 to one, quite rightfully. He's a th- you know three-time major champ, blah blah blah. But do you actually think Brooks is going to turn up for this? I don't. Do I see Mark Leishman turning up at 28s or 30s? Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So yeah, I no, think that's. I and also, he's exactly the same price as Tony Fee now. Who again? You know, we all like Tony. His stats are fantastic. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Tony truthers. But Tony still hasn't delivered. Yeah. And he's yeah. the same price as Leishman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very similar tr- price to Paul Casey. So, yeah, I'm with you. What did you think to Jordan Spieth last week again? That was a shocking final round, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolute shocker. I, I, know, I, know, I know he needed his bucket and spade at the 10th, didn't he, to try and uh, get himself <laughs> out, of the, uh, out of the mess that he got himself he's in. He's an enigma, Spieth, isn't he? Every first round, people are on Twitter, aren't they? All tw- he's back. Oh, he's going to win this. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, and then there's doubles and trebles starting flying everywhere. Yeah, and quads. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. his this this clearly some form underlying there is just it's not all quite there yet, is it? It's you know at some point he's going to put it all together and he's going to be a very 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 strong player once again, as we know he can and should be. But um, at the moment, there's it's just not quite all working, is it? I know you're talking about scrambling being very um, important here, but I don't think Bubba's playing too badly. No. And we know he likes Poana. We know that he likes a little bit of Bent in there as well. And the other one that has been playing some great golf so far on the West Coast and hasn't delivered a win is our friend Gary Woodland, who again, mm. 35, 40 to 1. When, when you're clearly going for show flay and you're going for... At least when it's difficult to, and you want to get some value in at the back end of the tips, it's difficult to go for a, these. But you know, potentially two, those two could be uh, in the fight this week as well, Bubba and Gary. Because yeah. Bubba isn't all, he isn't all power and bluster. He can be tactical if he needs to be. He top 10 here last year, didn't he? Yeah, I, ba- I backed him last year. Actually, he was my headline pick last year. Um, and didn't he get off to a ridiculous start, something like seven under through the first? Oh nine. yeah, he was, he was flying, absolutely mate. flying. And mm. you know, I, I was I was already thinking about what I was going to spend the winnings on, and then uh, and then the bogey started creeping <laughs> in. Yeah, then it, then it all dries up. 
as is the as is the game. Playing some nice play. stuff though, Bubba. Yeah, he's not far away. He's not far away at all. But then I don't want him again to ruin his Masters price. So hopefully he finishes like top top ten something like that. That's good enough mm. for me. Yeah, no, there's plenty you can make a case for. That's for sure. Uh, we'll talk Puerto Rico Open. Um, I can't really talk about it in detail because the bookmakers haven't really decided to put any prices up. Um, it's one of these alternate events. It wasn't on the on the schedule last year. Um, the last time they played here was 2017. That was DA points. He won at 150 to one. But I'm just going to give you some pointers for those that are interested, because some of these alternate events do throw up some um, some weird and wacky results. Um, I mean, take points. He was 175 to one when he won this in two years ago. Finau was Tony Finau, his only PGA Tour victory, guys. Yeah. Finau truthers so his only yeah. PGA Tour victory is the Puerto Rico Open so far 50 to 1 and he was 50 to 1 when he won that yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Checker 125s Chess and Hadley I was on him that year 50 to 1 Scott Brown 50 to 1 George McNeil 55 to 1 so you know blindingly obvious from the start the overall average price of the winner here since 2010 is 81 to 1 so if I were you, I would not be chasing the likes of Daniel Berger at twelve to one. Yeah, it's not exactly value packed by the looks of it. It's not value packed, is it? And yes, you do get the likes of when you look at results here. Um, you do get the likes of a Bryson DeChambeau popped up here last time. Bearing in mind at that stage he was eighty to one. Mm. Bryson DeChambeau, eighty to one in the Puerto Rico Open. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was twenty two months ago. Uh, Ian Poulter was a thirty three to one shot in twenty sixteen. He finished third. He led at half. I think he led at fifty four holes. So some of the names will feature Emiliano Grio should have won here in twenty fifteen. Didn't. So uh, I'm not yeah. suggesting one of them doesn't get in the mix, but invariably they don't tend to win. Was that the one where Grillo um, missed that three-footer to win at the end? Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Went in a playoff, something like that? Mm. Yeah, I remember now. So, yeah, Berger, at, Berger at... Tw- I mean, the, the only prices up are Paddy Power Betfair. Thank you to them. Charles Svartzel's been added to the field. I can see why bookmakers aren't pricing it up because these fields are not- notoriously going to change. Mm. So, this is all going to come to fruition Tuesday morning over here in the UK. But Daniel Berger at twelve to one, Peter Uline at fourteen to one. No, 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 no. Just, just no good to me. No good to me at all. Um, I had a sneaky feeling potentially for GMAC, but I'm seeing eighteen to one. That doesn't interest me either. Mm. Um, of the better prices, and this sounds bloody. This sounds really, really silly. But you know Scott Brown, twenty-eight to one. Well, we know that Scott Brown comes here. He loves it. He's won here. He's got three or four top tens. You know, twenty-eight about Scott Brown. If you did want an insurance policy, that's probably not too bad because he's actually yeah. playing half reasonably well, Scott Brown. Yeah, and he, he, he isn't going to be turning up here with the you know with the arse, the fact that he's having to play the Puerto Rico Open, which I think a lot of these players do. You know, he'll give it his full beans. The yeah. other one that's shortish. And he's far better than his price, in my mind, is Ollie Schneiderjans, who's 30 to 1. I think Schneiderjans is a better player than a lot of players around him, like Matt Jones, who's yeah. kind of level on price. You think Ollie Schneiderjans, Matt Jones? And he did show just a tad at Phoenix a few weeks ago. He started with a 67. Yeah, I remember was, his name popping up. Yeah. yeah, top 11 in the field. And um, he's now got Zach Johnson's old caddy, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a feeling there that they're clearly working through some major changes in his game. But go back to the 2018 Barracuda Championship, another one of these alternate events that Schneider Jans probably shouldn't be playing in. Uh, he shot 64 in round one, or relative to 64. I know it's all done on Stableford. He was second at halfway, finished 10th. Uh, he actually finished fifth. So, you know, at least Schneider Jans can turn up to an event like this and has proven in the past that he will take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe Schneider Jans at a shorter price, I don't know. But for me, especially with those prices, uh, the winning prices, I'm looking for a player um, that's um, 
scoring well at the moment and is that kind of mid price that 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 40 maybe hopefully 50 to 1 kind of price and as it stands there is only one player that I've actually tipped and backed well, I haven't backed him. That's a lie, actually, because it'd be churlish to back him because there's only one. <laughs> With one book, but, yeah. But anyway, I've written his tip. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. Dominic Bazelli, who I think's got something about him, Bazelli. I think he's a good player. Mm. Be coming here with little pressure because he's coming off two missed cuts. But those missed cuts aren't quite as bad as they seem. He actually made the field at Pebble Beach. Um, he actually shot... Uh, 68 in his last round there, which was four under, which was best that day, top 11 in the field. So yeah. coming off a nice little round, um, he missed the cut at Torrey Pines, but actually he played reasonably well there. Um, he's not playing bad stuff, but the thing I love about Bazelli is he is very, very... This is they, These are Paspalum greens. It's a 7,500-yard par 72. It pretty much plays as difficult as the wind. It looks like it's going to be blowing 20, 25 miles an hour. But I bear that in mind in terms of 15 to 20, 25 gusting. These, we're still looking at temperatures 26, 27 degrees, so you can get the ball out there. Um, Bazelli, he's, he's just the sort for me that would pop up and win this. He's got some yeah. very nice statistics. He played well at the Desert Classic, didn't he? So yeah, finished, finished fifth, yeah. Fifth, uh, yeah. Which, uh, decent uh, top 100 for Eagles per hole. Birdie or better, 13th so far this whole season. I mean, that's a decent. Uh, par 5 birdie or better, 18th. And also, when he goes for the green, the conversion he gets, 28th on the PGA Tour. Um, I just think he's playing some really nice stuff. Even at Torrey Pines, where um, he missed the cut, he, he threw a round in there, a 67 in round one, which was in the top 15. Uh, and as you said, that fifth at PGA West, and all of his results, it's, when I wrote this up, it was, it was apparent today that um, he finished uh, top five and top three within his first 10 PGA Tour yeah. tournaments when he yeah, was a rookie. Uh, he was second, or he was third at Copperhead behind Adam Hadwin, and it would have been Patrick Cantley in mm -hmm. 2017. And that came off the back of a top five at PGA West. So we're talking here Bermuda grass. He then went to St. Jude, finished 10th there on a tough golf course in very humid, hot conditions. Um, and then he qualified as a rookie for the playoffs. But then it's kind of nondescript, but there's, it's not proven, but it, there was a shoulder injury involved and he didn't even get to play that year at the Northern Trust. He had to pull out as he was warming up for the event. Right. Disappeared off the scene, didn't come back till Sony, which would have been, what, four or five months later. And then throughout 2018, really struggled. So it looks like he was carrying... Um, an injury all year, mm. did nothing. The, his best result was 13th at the Honda Classic, very windswept, so yeah, he can play in wind. Uh, and then he's come back this year uh, playing on a major medical, and all of a sudden it started to click, which would suggest he's injury-free. So this season, um, he started off with a uh, 48th, I think it was, at the Shriners, then he went to the Maya Coba, uh, and he was, uh, I think he was third after 36 holes. Now, Maya Coba, Paspilum Greens in Mexico, very similar kind of test. I yeah. know it's not as long, but that shows that he can play Paspilum, um, and he can score well. And then since then, 11th at Sea Island, uh, he then finished, uh, he was fifth after 54 holes at Wileye at the Sony Open. That was when his major medical extension was closing and it all got a bit too much for him in the final mm -hmm. round, finished 33rd. But he's still got conditional status, which means he can still play lower level events on the main tour. And sure enough, PGA West, fifth. Played really, really well. And then, yeah, no disgrace. Missed the cut by one at Torrey Pines and he actually made the field, made the cut, but didn't finish at Pebble Beach. Couple, there was one good round in both of those performances. I think if I can get fifty to one on Dominic Bazelli, I'll be a very happy chappy. Mm. And just look at 
Well, they say they say if you don't change your ways, I, I've been changing how I've been doing things recently. You know, you go through fallow periods, fallow years. I'm changing up. I keep constantly changing the way I'm working, and slowly but surely, my results seem to be getting a little bit more consistent. We've had a win, and blah 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 blah. This is the kind of event that usually I'd throw a load of points at and get nothing. Although I have had the winner here. So for me, if I don't find the player that I like the look of at a good price, at the price I'm looking for, I just won't, I just won't back them. No, no, so no. I might, you might even find it's as blatant as me as going Dominic Bozzelli this week and maybe just an outsider and that'll be that. And then you, you cash your six or eight points that you would have lost otherwise and you move on to the next one. Yeah. So if just, there's nothing it, I really fancy... The, the obvious one, and I know the one that you would be all over like a rash, is Matt Every. Yeah, he's not far off. But I'm seeing, four, I'm, I'm seeing 40 to 1 on first show. I've got to say... Fill, fill me with a lot of enthusiasm. I've got to say, looking at Bozzelli, um just going, going back to some of those results you read out, um, Mike Ober, he opened with the 64. Yeah. Uh, RSM Classic, he's second round 64, third 65, fourth round 66. Sony Open, second round, 64. Third round, 64. Desert Classic, third round, 64. Yeah. The guy is shooting some splendid yeah. golf. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. really good golf in there. So, yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. But this kind of level, um, it'd be interesting to see what uh, other prices are put up for him over overnight. But, uh, but yeah, I like that a lot. I think he's a he's a good bet this week, Bazelli, in this field. Yeah. And it is this field. I mean, you, you deal with European tour, so I need to be relatively happy with my lot on the PJ tour. But this is garbage. <laughs> this is absolute garbage, mate. For a PJ I don't think I've ever seen even an alternate event as weak as this. This is mm. terrible. Daniel Berger. what's he doing here? Twelve to one. <laughs> um potential other players I do like the look of. I mean, we've got Kung Hoon Lee at 50 to 1. He's never even finished in the top 10. Yeah. It's madness. Um, Sam Horsfield plays this. I don't, that's just throwing that out there. Um, Wyndham Clark's been doing some reasonable stuff recently, 66s. Andres Romero knows his way around here, 66s. I'll tell you another one that I think is going to pop up soon at some point is Freddie Jacobson. Yeah. Just yep. starting to He's make some cuts. Yeah, very and it plays brilliantly by the sea. Eighty to one. Might you might get a touch of a hundred if they ever price this up. Um yeah. Tom Love lately was another. He he plays quite well. He did very well at the um uh, I think it was the Corrales last year, which again is similar to this, Paspillum Greens. Big hitter, yep. Love Lady, that's a potential one. The other one I did see at a big price, and I tried to tell you the name of this guy, but my pronunciation was absolutely terrible. But we'll go for it again. Hank Lebet. It's, it's even worse this time, Paul. <laughs> Lebioda. Hank Lebioda. Let's just call him Hank, shall we? Hank. 125 to 1. And he's just been popping up recently, Lebioda. Um. I can remember him firing something silly like a 67 at Torrey Pines and he got in like the second or... Th- he was in the same Gooch as, same group as Talar Gooch who finished third in mm. the end at Torrey Pines. Yeah. Um, now, he didn't play like Talar in the final round, but there's just signs there that something good is coming. Um, I just thought that price was fairly reasonable. But yeah, I haven't got a lot more to say, to be honest. <laughs> no, well, you might find some of these players... You know, this is, this is one one set of prices from Paddy and Betfair so you might find you get some real outliers with some of these names you mentioned I mean we listen to see. this last time yeah DA points won at 175 to 1 Bill Lundy was second at 300 to 1 he hadn't played for like 6 months Retief Goosen 200 to 1 yeah it's just a lottery mate <laughs> it's just, you pick these guys it's there's nothing in it. Steve Marino, 2016. He was in a playoff with Tony Finau, 200 to 1. Mm. So, yeah, there's value out there. Go ahead and try and find it. But, um, yeah, you could you could be firing a lot of bullets and ending up with a lot of missed cuts. Don't know. I'm still looking. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Angel Cabrera, he's up your street, isn't he? 300 to 1? 300 to 1. Warming himself up for his annual trip to, uh, to Augusta National. 
uh, Omar Uresti, 500 to 1. <laughs> Good putter, Omar. I'll tell you one more player that I will mention that's been playing quite well recently. Well, it might be that he's withdrawn, looking at this. Oh, he has withdrawn. Would it have been Max Homer? Right. But yeah, you, you know, he was priced up at like 28 to 1. Sometimes it's just better off letting these players win at these prices. And mm. it doesn't, yeah. This is it. If nothing really interests me, nothing stand out, I'm, you know, I might just go with Bazelli and that's that. Yeah, he's out. That's just been tweeted by him, uh, two minutes ago. Grayson Murray is out. Max Homer is out. You know, they're all. They're, this field's going to get even poorer. Can you believe it? <laughs> They'll be dragging people off the streets to play. Right? They might get get you and me over there. <laughs> No, that would be so don't worry though, because Grayson Murray's out and Todd Hamilton's in with his um, Open Championship credentials. Dear, oh dear. It's not great, is it? Anyway, I'll have a preview out tomorrow. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I think that's about it. Indeed. All good. Best of luck, All everyone. Good. Best of luck to you, Paul. Best of luck to everyone listening. Um... If you do listen to this on uh, YouTube and you're still with us, it would be fantastic if you were to subscribe and give us a like for the show. Um, the numbers we're getting across the downloads on the podcast, the numbers we're getting on the views on the YouTube channel, they're all growing majorly. And just, you know, the subscriber numbers, the amount of likes, the amount of reviews, it all tells Google, it tells uh, YouTube that, you know, that our content is free of charge and it's very popular and it just helps just helps the momentum to build so if you could give us a subscribe that'd be most appreciated right thank you for your time paul yeah take care have a thank good you weekend. to the listeners we oh i will point out as well we did do a masters podcast last week masters anti-post i will put a link through to that in the description box of this week's podcast that again is proven hugely hugely popular so uh, do not hesitate to give that a listen as well that's with barry o'hanrahan as well uh, we recorded that last week right thank you to everyone we will see you again very very soon goodbye <laughs>